Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win it! Don't you open your mouth about the best. Or you're going to send it for you real quick. L-O-B. Listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Lewis gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron mindset when you stepped in the batter's box go yard i'm in i'm a pitcher why not swing as hard as i can i got nothing to lose it's nothing to man above don't put you in situations that you can't handle instead of saying why me they're saying this is what he want me to do and uh cleveland this is for you the way we approach the game is the same way we approach life you do the right thing you make the right play make the right play and in life is the same thing what do you feel in your heart is the right thing to do? And you do that. You know, it seems so simple, but sometimes the simplest things are the hardest things to do. And um, uh, I think it's just that. Welcome to what? The game. Me. To me. Dad. Three games that we, we like you said, we out of three games, two of the outcomes, I don't think we expected to happen. Of course, the Bengals being the Titans, 49ers being the Packers, what you call it, the Bucks. The Bucks end up coming back, end up, you know, falling short to the Rams. Um, probably one of the games of the year. The Bills falling short against Kansas City. Out of those games, three of those games, you know, the endings could have definitely gone a lot differently. The Bills won 13 seconds left. That's a tough loss. Um, Ryan Tannehill with, I think, like, what, 26 seconds left through an interception. Somewhere like 26 or 30 seconds left through an interception. That's a tough one as well. And then Todd Bowles in the blitz. Um, all he really had to do was you know, play cover three. You know, going over the top Cooper Cup, that's a tough loss as well. So out of the three losses, which one – well, not first, I guess, who do you put the blame on, but which one do you think – who do you sold the most? Which one do you think is the tougher loss out of the this, this one's tough. I'm going to take two just because uh, I'm going to go with the Bills situation and the Bucks situation. You know, the Bills, number one defense all year. All you had to do, 13 seconds, and you had 13 seconds left. You allowed them to go 40 yards and get in field goal position to tie the game um, and then allow them to go 75 yards, which just pretty much easy. They didn't get stopped at all. They didn't get slowed down. I don't even think they faced a third down on that drive. Uh, so the Bills definitely sold the most because the way their defense played all year, you know, as a Bills fan, you usually expect them to come through another moment. And the second one's Todd Bowles. Ryan Tannehill, I never thought he was that great, so I'm, he didn't really sold. He just underperformed a little bit. But Todd Bowles, you know, all game, momentum's on their side. They're about to pull a Falcons on y'all, literally. Um, and my thing was if the uh, if they stopped them and the game went to OT, the Bucks got the ball, they were going to win the game. Momentum was on their side, everything. Um, and Todd Bowles sent an all-out blitz in a bad situation, ran cover zero. And all game, there was a stat saying that that was his first time sending six or seven on pressure. And he decided to do it at one of the most crucial stages of the game, and it cost him. So I'm going to go with those two. But if I had to choose one, like if I was a fan, not would say which loss hurt the most, uh, I would go with the Bills. You know, if you're a Bills fan, you think the game's wrapped up. You think it's over. First AFC championship in Buffalo in years. Bills Mafia is going crazy. They're jumping on tables, and then – you send it to crib because you allow 40 yards and 13 seconds. I'm going to go with the Bills if I had to choose, but the Bucks and Bills, when they're both equally awful. 
Yeah. Yeah. I can I can say that as well. I think I went with the I went with the Bills one just for that sake because you know I didn't think you know it is Patrick Mahomes. We hold him as you know in high regards. He's you know DP support, you know, one of the better best one of the better quarterbacks I've seen in the game. So, you know, it's something that we can not bad at eye at, but it's like 13 seconds. You're not expecting him to really like really get them in field goal range, especially like you said, after how great the Bills defense had been, how how great they have been playing, you know, their rating and rank um throughout the year. Um you just wasn't expecting, you know, 13 seconds left on the clock for you know Patrick Holmes to be able to get two quick passes off, even though they did have all their timeouts. You still don't expect that to happen, you know, and given as you know, that least amount of time it's like how I know you no know, Josh Allen's on the sideline just saying like, you know, there's no way like how like we literally that means you really gotta give him like two, three seconds left on the clock for him not to be able to do like anything. Like and that's just ridiculous in itself. Like, you know, you're almost so far under, you know, ten seconds. I, I went with the bill just for that fact as well. It's like, you know, they this is what their second, third is their third meeting in the last what four years. Last and then two um last two years has been the conference champion or well, almost the conference with the division around, but you know. You face them last or three or last four years in playoffs. You know, you fall short each and every time. You know, this just felt like their best shot. Like, I felt like both sides of the ball play as great of a game as they could, and they still fall, you know, fall short with 13 seconds left to be able to get them in field goal range. And Kansas City takes it. You know, Todd Bowles, I, you know, it, it it wasn't the greatest idea to be aggressive in that moment. Like, you know, you had been struggling all game. Deeps have been struggling all game. Offensive been struggling all game. You know, you looked up and got into that. The Rams just didn't know how to put the game away, but you just can't send a blitz. You know, that least amount of time, you know, in that field position, in that position, like you guys just kind of play for overtime. Like keep everything in front of you, you know, but obviously not give up too much. You obviously went over top, Cooper Cup got behind the safety. I honestly don't know what the, what you call it, Winfield was doing either. It's like his eyes were just stuck in the backfield. Like he had to see Cooper Cup coming down the hash towards him, but for the story. But with Ryan Tannehill, like I could see he had been struggling all game. He didn't play that, the greatest of games. Um, Henry just come back with Bengals defense just stepped up, but you know, and they had to fight back to even get into that position anyway. But, you know, it kind of sucked that you know, the air just probably got sucked out of that stadium when they seen that interception go go up. But I definitely went with the Bills just for that fact. It was just like, you know, 13 seconds left. What what more could you have asked Josh Allen on the offensive side? You just had to stop him for literally probably two to three plays, maybe four with the timeouts, but still that, that one definitely. You know, I'm definitely with you on the tie balls one as well. You just can't sit up. You know, after fighting that hard to come back and then just one play later, I don't know. It's, it's definitely tough for all three squads, and all three squads, you know, went home. Obviously, unhappy and having you know certain things that they have to deal with during the off season. Some teams got more answers than others, but so that's another segment. But next, I wanted to move on. Um, didn't really sell. I guess you can say that this special team sold for sure because that's really one reason they lost. But you know, Aaron Rodgers, unfortunately, um, time maybe up in Green Bay, but you know, time in the playoffs this year is definitely over with. Only was able to put up 10 points against a pre-stat San Francisco defense, but they're at home. Something or nothing. Rodgers can't get past the 49ers. Obviously, you know, he possibly maybe moving on, maybe moving on retiring-wise, maybe moving on to a different team. But what do you think about, you know, and that video resurfaced, of course, of him, you know, saying that the 49ers will regret not drafting him. I guess for them it's not the case because they're 5-0 against him. What do you think uh Rogers can't get past the 49ers? Is this something or nothing? I usually always do this when we when you ask something or nothing. I think it's both. You know, like it is something, but I don't physically think like uh Aaron's thinking like, man, I can't get past the 49ers. It's just something they do that I can't beat him. It's not that he beat him in the regular season. It's just 
maybe bad luck in a way. I don't know, but they have his number. You know, 0-4 in the playoffs. He got stomped in the NFC Championship a couple years ago. This year, he had a great shot, you know, once again, have a home one home one home playoff game left to go to the Super Bowl, and he couldn't get the job done. Um, you know, I'm not going to discredit the 49ers too much because Demetrio Ryan's caught a great game plan, but maybe it is something. You know, maybe it is something. Uh, I don't think there is kryptonite. Like, I, I really just don't know what it is. I don't know if it's him or it's just his team. Uh, but uh, for now, I'm going to go with his team. They just can't get over that hump. And they really should have won this game. That's what frustrates me, though. Like, he would, we wouldn't be having this conversation about him being on four with, against the 49ers or him with the 49ers being his kryptonite. Like, as long as, you know, they make that field goal before the half, they don't allow a block punt for a touchdown. They're playing the Rams next. So mm-hmm. it's unfortunate, but for now, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with something if I had to. Yeah, that's for sure something. I'll say that as well. I mean, at least it was a lot closer of a game than it was, what, two years ago? And they yeah, they got ran off, the off the field. But, you know, I don't know. For, I don't know if it was the same feeling for you, but for me, like, the game was – I mean, it wasn't boring. It was definitely – it was a battle. It was back and forth. You know, and then it started to snow. I, I knew the office would subside you know, then. But for some reason, I never thought – like, like the whole way through, even though it was, like, 10-3 to 3 or 10-0 most of, most of the game, I was like – I never had a feeling like the 49ers would. I was like, all right, Green Bay still got it no matter what. And then obviously fourth quarter, you know, what last like seven, six, seven minutes, you know, I'm still kind of like in the same feeling, same boat. I'm like, even if they tie it up, whatever, or take the lead, however, I'm like, Rogers still probably would be able to pull something out, get them in field goal range or, you know, get a last second touchdown, whatever the case may be. But, you know, it sucks because like, I mean, you know, you haven't got to put some blame on him in the offense. Like you can't only put up 10 points. And they did get to the Reds on a good amount of time. Like you said, one was a block, one block field goal. And then I feel like they got into the Reds zone, then um, went for it on fourth and, and didn't get it. It was something, something happened. I don't know if it was another block or a missed field goal. It was something. I know they got back in the Reds zone and wasn't able to score it, <clears throat> like closer to the, you know, half. But, you know, it just sucks that, you know, it got lost by special teams in a sense. Like, you know, I don't want, like, I can't give Rodgers a pass, but, like, in a sense, it's like, damn, what are you supposed to do? Like, I guess at least, I guess, get the ball. You know, past the 30, 40 yard line, so they're not, they're not like packed into where they can send a, a all out, you know, block punt, punt team, you know, blocking to be able to score that touchdown. Still, it's like the whole game kind of was lost, not the least towards the end, obviously, off a of special team sucks, but definitely something because, you know, you own five missing teams, you know, you got that one Super Bowl ring, you can you know, get back, and you just can't get there. You, know, you lose to the 49ers you know, four times, you know, in your playoff career, you lose to the Falcons, get blown out by them. Um, when you had, what was the Bucks? Bucks last year. Bucks last year. Bucks won the years. Last year, yeah, last year, last year. So, Mm -hmm. so it just it definitely sucks. Like you know, like you, I think you say yesterday on the show, one to one up Favre, you know, get the franchise the second Super Bowl ring, but it just doesn't seem to work out. And we don't know where he's going next year. Like you said, he possibly could retire. Some have been saying Steelers may trade for him. You know, some if which I don't want to spoil it, but next when we talk about Brady, some say Brady retires, he may go to the Bucks. We never, we don't know where he's going to conclude that more than likely he's not. But I don't know. I definitely think it's something as well, um, especially, you know, it being uh, thinking about this and then everything else that has happened, you know, obviously them never drafting him a first round weapon, all the stuff that happened during the offseason, everything else happened during this season, him doing podcasts and speaking, um, just being more vocal than we've ever really seen him in the media this, uh, this past year. Definitely got to be something, and then it's going to be something more than likely leaves and goes to the that's what he does there, but we'll definitely see you know in the next coming months. But next, something or nothing. Um, <clears throat> forgot, put the wrong one up. But next, something or nothing. Bonds, Clemens, Rose. 
out of the Hall of Fame, they maxed out. Uh, I believe they gave him a ten-year, a ten-year tenure on or tenure on the ballot, but all of them get voted off, um, obviously for their infamous, infamously known usage of you know PED forms enhancing drugs. It's just crazy to me, you know. Obviously, you got leading hitter all time, Pete Rose, nine Hall of Fame, leading home run hitter, and Barry Bonds, nine Hall of Fame. You know, one year statue pitchers, Roger Clemens as well. So something or nothing, all three of these guys never, ever going to be ever able to be voted into the Hall of Fame. What do you think? It's definitely something. You know, I don't know too much about the guy in the middle, but Barry Bonds, we all know, and Roger Clemens, we all know. It's rough because it's a lot of people to get away with it. And it's about, you know, how you're perceived and how, you know, how they like you and how the fans perceive you. You know, David Ortiz, I love I love Big Poppy, but he did the same thing. But, you know, his, the – the Red Sox being one of those talked about franchises, he gets a kind of gets a pass, but it's unfortunate. You know, Roger Clemens had two great runs with the Red Sox and with the Yankees. You know, he was a dominant pitcher in his time and a great era of pitching. And then, you know, Barry Bonds, he pretty much blew every record out of the books. You know, he had like 73 home runs in a year. I know he shattered the home run record. Um, and it's just unfortunate that they, you know, they talk about the steroids. Before he got caught with the steroids, he was a good player before the steroids. Let's not act like this. You know, it took him to a different level mm-hmm. to a certain extent, but he's still one of the greatest hitters we've ever seen. You know, his time in Pittsburgh, he was still a good player before he got tra- traded to the Giants. And, you know, I think that this stuff is a little bit blown out of proportion because there's a lot of people that use steroids. Like Alex Rodriguez, That's what, that was one of my favorite players growing up. I know he used steroids. Uh, are they mm-hmm. going to keep him out the Hall of Fame for it? You know, so it's an unfortunate situation. And I definitely yeah. think it's something. These guys should be in there. You you shouldn't have your best hitter or one of your best hitters and one of your best overall players of all time not in the Hall of Fame. That's where the best players go. So it's definitely something. Exactly, yeah. And it's just that uh, everybody always say, like, this is one of the reasons why they hate baseball, don't want to watch baseball. America's past times, like the old old America type sport, if you know what I mean. But, you know, it, it's definitely it's something, and it sucks. Because, like you said, you, can't, you have, like, r- record holders not in the Hall of Fame. It's like, what are we doing here? people that put the, the game on the map, you know, obviously figures of the game, people that the, that younger people even know and recognize, you know, and they haven't played what obviously like 10 plus years. It's like these guys aren't in the Hall of Fame. Like they won't ever, ever be touched the Hall of Fame because, you know, their tenure the possibilities is maxed out. So it definitely sucks. Like I said, it's, something has to change. Like I said, there's guys that use steroids all the time, everywhere, have been using them for years. I'm pretty sure there's a, a good amount that, have used them that's in the Hall of Fame. Like, why are these guys being castrated, you know, singled out? You know, get, I mean, not get that pass, but, you know, in a sense, get that pass. So it, it definitely kind of stupid. Like I said, you, can, you, you have all-time, all-time greats not in the Hall of Fame. Like, and that's literally what it's meant for. You know, that's what baseball is. That's what it's been about. And, unfortunately, I don't know if it ever will change or can change. But hop back into football real quick. Says something or nothing. Brady possibly retiring. He quoted um, and, and spoke about, you know, one of them his late and great friends and also one of you know late and great athletes. And it was the two year anniversary yesterday of you know, Kobe Bryant's past rest in peace to him and Gigi, but um, quoted him um, when talked about his future, you know, in football and outside of football. And, you know, some people are saying he's, he's possibly going to retire. Even during the broadcast, they were saying there was rumblings of him possibly it being his last year, whether they win or lose as well. So something or nothing, Brady retiring. And do you think he retires or do you think he comes back in one, one last year? I have two, two answers to that. To answer the question, I think it's something, but I don't think he retires. You know, I think it's something because all these in the years past, you know, he's talked about I want to play to 45. 
he's never questioned it. There's never been, you know, like hesitation. When are you playing next year? Yes, of course, I want to play five more years. Or like, there's no, there's been, I'm pretty sure there's been thought behind it, but he's just given a, you know, a quick answer like, yes, I'm playing. And this year, you know, he talks about family and stuff, what his, what he owes his wife, you know, raising the kids and stuff, and she doesn't like seeing him get hit. He's just kind of realizing, you know, it's about to be the end of his time, you know. He's getting old. He can't play this game forever. There's not three more years left in his career. There's maybe one or maybe two. So, you know, I think he's just a little emotional thinking about uh, his football mortality and just thinking about, you know, the career he's he's put on for everybody uh, to watch. But I don't think he retires. You know, the competitor in him, the way they lost, I mean, I could see him retiring that way, but, you know, why not have one more crack at it? It's not like you're playing with a bunch of old guys. You're the only old guy. Like, all your weapons, you know, Chris Godwin got franchise tag, but he's they're likely to work something out if Brady wants him around. You know, you still got Mike Evans. You still got Gronk, who's going to play with you if you play. If you come back, he's going to come back. And then you still got O.J. Howard, who's kind of in the doghouse, and Cameron Brady, you know, Leonard Fournette, a lot of young, talented guys. So he has the pieces to help, you know, make one more run at it. And the NFC is not that heavy, you know, quarterback-wise. You know, they got Russ, who might get traded, probably not. Matthew Stafford, Kyler Murray. They got some people, but not – he has a shot. I, I think the AFC is tougher than the uh, NFC. Well, that's mainly because of quarterbacks, but it's just tougher to get through mm-hmm. those great quarterback play. But I don't know, man. I, like I said, it's something, but I don't think he retires. I think the competitor in him, we know he's one of the craziest competitors, and you have to be like that to, to make it as far as he had – has and been as great as he has. So I think he takes one more crack at it. You know, he talks to Giselle, like, just 12 more months, you know, I'm all yours. 12 more months, <laughs> one more off season, one more season around this time. Hopefully they'll be playing in the Super Bowl. So two weeks, two weeks from today in a year, he'll be done. He'll be all yours for the family, for the kids. So I, I think he makes one more crack at it. I'd be very shocked if he were. But I do think last year, ne- I mean, next year will be his last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. I definitely see that as well because, like I said, I- just him, the type of player he is, like you said, like the, the type of you know, competitive edge he is, is just everything about him. He just doesn't seem like the type to go out like this. And like you said, he has been talking about playing. To, like you said, honestly, that organization is going to you know put pieces around him, whoever he wants around him. And they're going to you know, do whatever they need to do in order to get one more ring out of him. And I think that's a possibility. Like I said, just one more year. Like I said, their defense isn't like all they can do. Like their defense is pretty young. Like I said, all they, it's just another year under their belt. All he can do is, you know, get better and grow strong. You know, offensively, like I said, the old guys are him and Gronk. You know, outside of that, everybody else is relatively young. Like I said, they'll they'll do what they need to do in order to put the weapons around. Whether it is get, you know, Fournette back, you know, give Chris Godwin the, you know, the deal he needs, whatever the case may be. Um, go out and give him another weapon. Like it's whatever, the, whatever they need, whatever he wants. Especially like I said, one more year. And I think like said, he may he, he does talk to just he, he can convince him. I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, he's good in that department. Just say I think. They go for one last run, one last ride, because like obviously this year there's a lot of distractions. Obviously the AB stuff, a lot of injuries, to, especially to their secondary and even to some of the positional players, especially at the end of the year. So I feel like they they can get it all back together, put it all back together. Obviously they're just one, not losing really any pieces. Obviously besides, so I think he does take one more shot because he wants to. He's just the type to go out, you know, you know, riding riding out on his high horse. Like he he wants to go out on top as a champ, and that's why I personally thought he would. Maybe do it last year, but obviously, you know, the way it went last year, it's like, all right, yeah, he has another contract. If they repeat this year, then he definitely needs to retire. Yeah, so got to run it back, got to do it two times just to, you know, ensure that it wasn't Belichick and, and to let everybody know he's a GOAT, but, you know, obviously didn't. I think he gives it one more crack. They get it done next year. Well, whether he gets it done or not next year, the way he was getting hit this past Sunday, I think he needs to wrap it up regardless. 
I mean, he's pretty durable. Obviously, he takes care of his body, but he was getting he was getting put on the ground. But obviously, if you're going against Aaron Donovan, you know Floyd, you're gonna get put on the ground times, especially when you uh, have a hampered you know center and uh, what right guard, left guard, whichever. Right tackle, so, right tackle. I mean, left tackle. He does get one more year, like you said. Yeah, right tackle. Yeah, but either way, as a hampered offensive line, I think he does give it one more chance. So, I hope they don't get it done and he retires. What he does with this. We'll see. But last little something or nothing that we got, you know, moving on to the basketball world. James Harden, I think it came out some reports two days ago, I want to say, that he doesn't like it in Brooklyn. You know, he doesn't like the Kyrie situation for him being a part-time player. He just kind of, he said, he, I guess the rumors kind of society today that he doesn't really want out that he's committed to the, in, in Brooklyn um, you know, organization. But, you know, it did come out that his time there, he hasn't been happy with it. And obviously, a lot of people were saying, of course, you're going to be unhappy. Like, you got to pay New York taxes versus, you know, being tax-free or not paying any taxes for however many, seven, eight, nine. I mean, obviously, just the living just different. Obviously, it's, it's cold. It's obviously, you know, it's just a different way of living in New York than it is down. You know, and something quick, or nothing, hard and possibly one now, obviously, you know. Real quick, real quick. I'm, I just got to ask before you go, like, I know you have your dad used to live in New York, or he still does. So you've been up there, like. Is it a difference in like Houston? I know it's probably more spaced out. He could have bought, he he probably bought like a big little mansion in New York. You probably got to live in a high rise condo or something like that or a penthouse. Mm-hmm. You think that's the difference? Yeah, I mean honestly, yeah, it's probably what it is. Like for sure, yeah, the whole, whole thing, everything is just different. Yeah, like you know, obviously your money doesn't stretch as long up north than it does down south. You know, you can still get like he's probably still has like a wealthy nice you know, nice little home. Like they don't look like you know. You know how houses look like in Georgia or in Houston or wherever down south. Like they big and grand, got ten rooms, eight bathrooms, stuff like that. Like they're like you can possibly have that same stuff, but it's more like you know it looks like a townhome almost sometimes, or like you said, a high rise. More likely, he probably lives in a high rise. Um, you know, because I feel like I've seen people post like him being at specific like little gyms and stuff in like in the little high rise condo. I think he just doesn't like the type of living it is. Like obviously, probably, I think that definitely has a, a factor in it. But you know, basketball wise, playing wise, like it probably. Feeling he probably feeling some type of way. Maybe he doesn't feel like he's the, the greatest talent with obviously his two other members of the big three not fully ever ever able to be playing with him and being there. Obviously, Katie's hurt right now and then Kyrie's a part time player. So probably just a lot of stuff that he just dealing with. But like if it is true that he wants out just because he don't like the living situation, that's kinda that's kinda crazy. Like you, you knew it you, you wanted to go there, you you wanted to, you know, play with those guys. Like it's not like you ain't never been to New York. You know what you was going the living conditions you was gonna be in. So it's just weird to me. I don't know. What do you think? I think um I, I think it's kind of something, you know, I'm not gonna make too big of a deal about it. I don't know is it the is it the situation in New Jersey? Is it you know the living situation? Is it the way you know Kyrie being part time he feels like teams not really locked in and they I mean I'm I don't think it, he thinks that they can't win a championship. It's honestly confusing. I don't know where this really came from. I saw some rumors coming out up uh, Kendrick Perkins as well, saying like his camp that he wants to play with Joel Embiid. So I don't know what it is. I thought him and Katie were tight like this. I really, really just don't know what it is. And I kind of like him playing in this new role. Like he doesn't have to dominate the ball all the time, but maybe he's not happy about something. I I honestly do not know, but I I think it's something for him to, I don't think his camp would, you know, let these rumors get leaked out if there was not nothing behind it. So I'm going to go something. I don't know what's going on. I really don't. I'm waiting to hear hear more from his camp once the season's over or what, like what led him to being slightly unhappy in Brooklyn. So, you know, we'll see, but I'm going to say something for now. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to go with the something train as well. And it's, 
you know, weird, obviously, because, you know, more, more, uh, there are more, everybody's, you know, he's saying like they're sold on trying to make a move for Harden during the offseason. I don't know. I don't think, I possibly, I personally just don't think it's going. I just think he's still going to ask for too much, like, even though you know, he, he's getting Harden back in this movie. I don't think it's a one, I think he's going to try to make it like a, a one, one asset, James, or sending out one, bring in one, just a one, one versus one up trade, which I don't think is possible or is going to obviously, you know, been sent out whole year. I think for instance, the playoffs, like he just, he just be asking for too much. He just, he's too, you know, crazy and wild of a GM. Like he's, he plays a certain game, does it a certain way. And I just, I still don't see no matter what, even if they're sold on trying to get hard, and I still don't see it happening. I still don't see Brooke, you know, send him out. I mean, obviously he's a free agent this upcoming year. I don't think he had, Obviously, it's probably restricted or not restricted. Sorry, an unrestricted free agency. He said that he's going to test it out, no matter what, if he ends up back with the Nets or not. So I don't know. I don't think. Obviously, 76ers would be well into the luxury tax if they aren't able to get rid of Ben, aren't able to get rid of Tobias, and try to sign him. Obviously, it would have to be a sign and trade type deal. But I still think he asks way too much, and it just won't work. But like you said, it, it definitely is just weird, like how it kind of all came out of the blue. I mean, the Nets aren't per se struggling. I think they're still top three in the East. And obviously, like I said, Katie's been out. Then obviously, Kyrie's a part-time fan, and I can see how that's a little frustrating, you know, because you you know you can't build up that you know team chemistry obviously on the court, and you know there's no there's going to be a different lineup each time you're out there if you're not on the road or you're going home and coming back each night. But it is definitely weird. But it's also weird because like if you don't like living in New York, I don't see how you're going to like living in Philly. Like I feel like I mean they're not the same, but I feel like they're similar aspect that they're both up north. The type of city that they are, the type of people that live in the cities, like just they have a lot of similarities. So I don't really understand. Like I, don't, I know it's not he hasn't been said that he wants to go to Philly, but like if they make a move, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what he wants to do, and I really don't know. It's definitely weird overall. I know, like I said today, he said he's he's, he's committed to the Nets in Brooklyn and it's to win there. But players say that type of thing. But next, of course, last thing we're gonna hit on, we're gonna talk about these conference championship games this upcoming week. AFC, we got Kansas City, Bengals. I guess we'll start there. Um, expected to be a good game. It's going to be a rematch. Um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say week 15 or 16, one of those weeks. Um, but definitely towards the end of the year, where the Bengals were able to come up on top in overtime with the last second field goal. So, Kansas City, Cincinnati Bengals, what do you expect from this game? I expect the Chiefs to come to play. Um, it's hard to beat a team twice, let I mean, three times, let alone twice. In a, and I feel like the Chiefs, the the talk in the locker room is like, we feel like we had this game. We let this game get away from us. We were up double digits, I think 14-0, if I'm not mistaken. And it was just little things in that game. You know, some poor time management at times. Uh, the lack of ability to double-team Jamar Chase. I think they've seen enough from the, the previous game. He had 11 catches for 266 yards and three touchdowns. So I'm pretty sure they're going to double him. And most of those all came on war. So, you know, hopefully ha having Honey Badger back will be big. But I just feel like... I don't know. You know, I, I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. I think this game is going to be a shootout, but they have to limit the, – the Bengals have a lot of weapons, so it's going to be hard if you just take away Jamar Chase. They still have other guys you can get the ball to. But I think they need to do – they watch what Tennessee did. Chris Jones and Frank Clark are good pass rushers, along with Melvin Ingram. They need to attack the quarterback. You know, Joe Burrow's resilient. He's going to keep getting up from all these hits, but you have to keep hitting them, making him getting rid of the ball faster than he wants to, you know, speeding him up a little bit. Um and I think they need to do they need to do that to have success. They're gonna put up points. Joe Mixon's a good back. T. Higgins is good, Tyler Boyd's good, uh CJ Uzama's good. But you just gotta do what you can to, you know, 
beat Joe Burrow up. He got beat up last week, but he kept, you know, he never flinched. He kept bouncing, he kept bouncing back. So with great quarterbacks like that, you're not going to be able to stop him every possession. But when you got Pat Mahomes on the other side, a couple turnovers or a couple three and outs or a couple, you know, quick possessions won't hurt. Um, I don't really have too much to say. Like on the defensive side of the ball, they just got to play better. You can't let Jamar Chase go for 266 yards. Like he literally had more receiving yards than Pat Mahomes had passing yards. So it lets you know how crazy he went that day. And, um, you know, just keep the pressure on. Um, the Bengals' defense is okay, but the Chiefs have a multitude of weapons. And Patrick Mahomes, since, you know, the early parts of the season, he struggled just to check the ball down when teams were sitting in cover two and cover four. But he's lived, you know, he's watched the film from the Super Bowl in the early parts of the season. He just – he's okay with, you know, having 14 play drives, 15 play drives, and going methodically down the field. And their execution in the, in the red zone is top tier, so – if he can keep that up, you know, not force anything. Like, he didn't throw a pass over 20 yards in the game last week, but he had one of his best games of the season. So that lets you know everything, you know, mm-hmm. you need to see. And I, I think that – I just think that they're going to force, you know, Joe Burrows played phenomenal in the playoffs. He didn't throw a touchdown last week, but he played a phenomenal game. I think he had his first – not shaky performance, but he had his first couple turnovers of the postseason uh, with either, you know, a strip sack or – one of the young guys making plays, I will say this, Nick Bolton has been a merging linebacker for the Chiefs. He's mm-hmm. made plays all – and I could see him, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. him or Willie Gay having a, a pick or so. So I'm going to go – I'm going to go Chiefs. I'm going to go Chiefs 38-27. And Joe Burrow, you know, he has a good game, but he has two costly turnovers. So it ends up being a difference because I don't know. The Chiefs are going to punt the ball. They're going to get stopped every now and then, maybe by the Bengals. But – it's hard, man, when they're on their A game, and I know they're feeling more confident than ever coming off that game for last week. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Chiefs by 11. I can definitely say, definitely see that. Like I said, especially the confidence, like you said, like the way you win, like or the way you force the game to go into overtime, and then the way you just drive down the field and just win the game in overtime. They're always gonna have confidence, especially on the offensive side, no matter what's going. On. But you know, real quick, shout out to Joe Burrow. Like I said, even getting in position, even winking, like you said, he was on. He was on the ground more than like grass. Like that man got sat what like ten, nine, ten times. Like that's ridiculous. And we know, yeah, and we don't know Tennessee to have a good pass rush. Like that was the one thing we've been knocking on for a few years. Like they don't get any type of pressure on the quarterback. They got to him any and every way they wanted to on Saturday. But like I said, Bengals still was able to come out with a win. But that's just you know the blueprint or one of the blueprints you know for Kansas City. Like they obviously have better pass rushers in heart. Um, Melvin Ingram, you know, Nick Bolton has been an emerging linebacker, like you said. Um, they use him in the ring a little bit as well. So, or pass rush game a little bit as well. So, definitely, you know, I can see them getting some pressure on Burrow. Um, maybe they change up the game plan real quick. And uh, they like to hit, you know, Jamar Chase and you know, T. Higgins a few times. T. Higgins and uh, Tyler Boyd sometimes with some screen, some screen pads, especially Jamar Chase. They like to just get ball obviously to him just in space. He's incredible. You know, he's pretty fast. I can get into him, but. It definitely gonna be interesting to see like the you know the offensive game plan, defensive game plan, because like I said, the Chiefs they gotta they gotta find that what week like what six seven to like week 15, 16 type defense again. Like they gotta find they gotta find that. Like I said, the Bengals have an offense that they can put up some points, and they got guys that can get free and can get loose. But like I said, the Chiefs they've been here done it before. I feel like they'll step up. Um, like you said. Force a few costly turnovers, whether it's in the air, on the ground, whatever the case may be, or get some timely stops as well. And the Chiefs, like I said, Bengals, they invested on the, in their defense this offseason. Um, getting some guys, and obviously Trey Henderson, Eli Apple's played okay, and a few other guys um, that they've had they're already in camp. 
and they've stepped up and played well as well. Like I said, they played them already. They played the Chiefs before. They know what to expect. Um, they know the guys to look out for, and they have a game plan. It's going to be an interesting game. I'm really looking forward to it. And I think, like I said, the Chiefs, like I said, they've just been there before. I think Patrick Mahomes and the crew, like I said, they're on cloud nine after last week's win. So I don't think nothing's going to stop them um, from reaching the Super Bowl this year. So I'm going to go. I think it's going to be high scoring. It's the first time they think it was 34 at 30. So I'm going to go Chiefs. I'm going to go Chiefs 30, 38, Bengals 31. Maybe and that might be Jim as well. They may it honestly could be a two touchdown. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs obviously winning LA, San Fran, NFC West matchup. Another rematch from what week 17? Yeah, week or week 18, uh, week 18. Fall, where obviously San Francisco storming back and beat LA. Um, so obviously LA is looking at their chops for this one. Obviously, San Francisco is probably looking at their chops as well. Um, bragging rights for the division, obviously, a chance to go to the Super Bowl. What do you think about this matchup, and who do you think comes out on top? This is a tough one for me because, you know, I've been on the Rams train, Rams train most of the season. You know, they've had some tough spots where they've let me down with mediocre quarterback player, just not playing up to what they're capable of. And, like, you look at the game uh, when they played in November where they got completely dominated 31 to 10. They got the ball ran down their throat. Matthew, this was OBJ's first game as a Ram, I think. You know, And they just didn't look the part. And we're like, do they have their number? Because the way Kyle Shanahan mm-hmm. is able to utilize Debo Samuel and Elijah Mitchell, all those other guys, it's just phenomenal. And I, I really don't know what it is. They give Sean McVay a lot of trouble on the offensive side of the ball as well. But then you go to the Week 18 game, and the Rams are up, if I'm not mistaken, at least 14, maybe 21-0, 17-0, dominating the game. And the 49ers have this just, you know, amazing comeback where they just start to ride this momentum where Debo just took the game over pretty much. And Jimmy G had that clutch uh, – two-minute drill to, to take the game to OT. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what is it? Like, do they have the Rams number? Maybe. <laughs> but this time, you know, I will say they have the guy to take away Debo Samuel and Jalen Ramsey, but the way Kyle Shanahan utilizes him, he'll put him in the backfield. He'll move him around to where Jalen Ramsey can't just take him out of the game. So that's where his creativity comes in. But I just think, you know, it's the Rams' time. McVay's never beat him. They made the big trade, the big splash to bring in Matthew Stafford, all these – you know, veteran guys, um, brought Eric Weddle back from the couch, Von Miller, put all these pieces together, and this is what you this is what you bring them together for to get that Lombardi trophy. And I, and I feel like, you know, it's like I said earlier, it's hard to beat a team twice, but it's definitely hard to beat a team three times in the same season. You know this team inside and out. You watch them on film to prepare for other teams that they play, like the common opponents you have. So you know this team inside and out. You know all their tendencies. And I think that McVay – and the coordinator finally puts together a game plan, a 60-minute game plan, not a 45-minute game plan, not a 40-minute game plan that dies down towards mm-hmm. the you know, mid, mid-second half. And I think they make the necessary adjustments, you know, to win. And let's let's not forget this. You know, the Rams blew the lead last week, but that had nothing to do with Matthew Stafford. It wasn't like he was giving the game away. He was on picks. He had two fumbles that he had nothing to do with, the bad snap to all put him back in the game. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, when they got to crunch time, he made the plays with – what Sean McVay brought him in uh, to do. You know, in Detroit, he was a quality quarterback, just on a bad team. And sometimes he held them back, but for the most part, 75% of the time, they held him back. And for him to finally get with, you know, a match made mm-hmm. in heaven. Uh, Matthew Stafford was one of my favorite quarterbacks in college, you know, uh, playing at Georgia. So I just think that he puts together a perfect game because he's played well all postseason. Versus Arizona, he didn't have to do anything, but last week he made the throws he needed. I think the OBJ shows up. Uh, shows up big time. I know he's been better as a Ram than he was at Cleveland, but 
I think this might be his breakout game. And, you know, having the having the NFC Championship game at home, your third time playing this team, you've never beat them. I think the pressure's off. Like, I, I really think there's pressure on them, but I think they're more relaxed than they've ever been, you know, Brandon. There's nothing to lose. You've seen this team before. There's nothing new that you're going to see. You just need to go out and execute and finish the drill. Don't go up 17 and let off. Sean McVay got a little, you know, he wasn't as aggressive as he usually is when he's up. So I think he's going to keep his foot on the gas, especially from looking at the game last week. And I think the Rams, you know, they find a way to win it. And for the second year in a row, we have a team uh, hosting the Super Bowl. The home team hosting the Super Bowl, like the Rams, you know, it's their home a home Super yep. Bowl. So I'm going to go. The score is a tough part because it's a divisional game. This game's going to go down to the wire. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go 31-29. I don't know how San Fran gets 29, but this game is going to go down to the wire. And I have to say, you know, maybe Matt Gay walking it off. I don't know. Or a game-winning touchdown. But I'm going to go Rams 31-29. I definitely got a close one as well. I'm going to say I'm saying 28-24. And, like you said, you made all the all the great points. Like you said, it's their third time facing them there at home. I know the stadium is going to be rocking. And I know it was rumblings, like, obviously earlier in the year when, you know, when they got Von Miller and OBJ. It's like, if the Rams don't win the Super Bowl, you know, is this the biggest letdown? Is this the biggest bust of a team? Like all this, all that, just because it's a bunch on there. But like, you still got to come together, got to come as a team. You say still coaching involved. It's a bunch of moving parts. And like I said, at the end of the day, all these guys are professionals. Like the team lining up across them isn't no slouches either. So obviously, you know, San Francisco 49 is what they're three, two, two years removed from the Super Bowl, three years removed from the Super Bowl, one or two. But no, either two, way, they ain't two, been there that, two, that long two, ago. And two. obviously, yeah, two years, yeah. And make sure, but yeah, they're two years from the Super Bowl, so you know, obviously they're healthy. You know, they have an experienced coach, you know, across the sideline. Like I said, they faced each other so many times before, but you know, it, it does. It definitely does feel like it's LA's time. Like I said, they brought Matthew Stafford in to do exactly what he did last week, and that's to make the, the timely throws um, in clutch situations and bring this team you know, to the promised land and get them a victory. That was Jared Goff. I'm not too sure how that would have went. You know, it probably would have been playing for overtime or it'd been a pick. Who knows? So. Definitely, like I said, it's Matthew Stafford's time. I think it's the Rams' time. I think they'll tighten up, like I said, uh, on the defensive end. They'll tighten up on three, all three phases, like I said, just not let up and let them back in the say It's playoff time. Whether they're up 20, whether they're up 30, I feel like Sean Bay got to continue to, you know, go try to score, try to score. Like I said, you just never know. And I feel like that's what happened. You know, when they let up week 18, I think they was, they was up, what, like 20 or 24 to 3 or 0? It was something crazy. Like, it was up. I remember watching it, or not watching, I was watching different games in the corner of the screen, and all of a sudden I see 24-10, 24-17, 24-24, and then it just goes in overtime. And, you know, they can't let their foot off the gas, but it definitely just feels like it's L.A.'s time. Um, it just seems like it's just set up for us to have an explosive offensive Super Bowl with the Chiefs and with L.A. Bunch of big names. It's in L.A. It's a bunch of big names. It's in L.A. You know, obviously, two, two you know, high-quality quarterbacks, high-quality offenses quality receivers everywhere and two, you know, and names on the defensive end as well. Just seemed like it's just set up for a Super Bowl type or a Hollywood type Super Bowl. And I definitely expect, you know, LA to come out on top, Chiefs to come out on top and you know a Super Bowl to remember, hopefully. Oh uh, yeah, you say I, you wanted to add something? Yeah, I did my fault. I didn't I don't know the screen uh buffer for a second, so I didn't know if we were still talking. But I was just gonna say like in this Rams game, this is gonna be the time where Jimmy G finally hurts them. His numbers haven't been pretty, but he's done what he had he had to do to get the dubs. You know, it's all about dubs at the end of the day. Not only the only the nerds and the not the I wouldn't even say the casuals, but there's a lot of people mm-hmm. that just look at the box score and you know that 
that determines if you had a good game or bad game. And that's not that's not how it goes. Um, but this is the game where Jimmy G finally hurts them. You know, the Rams D line mm-hmm. is pretty crazy. Von Miller's getting back in his group. He's not 2015 Von, but he's showing flashes at the right time. Um, Leonard Floyd, and then you got Aaron Donald, who's just a game breaker again. The Bucks, who have one of the top five O lines in the least, you know, he had their way with Ryan Jensen and then the whole entire crew, uh, Ali Marpet, all of them. And I think they get to Jimmy G. And, you know, he made some questionable throws that should have been picked off. And I think against his Rams secondary, if they can get Taylor Rat back, you know, Eric Weddle, the smart mind he is, um, especially Jalen Ramsey too. I think they're going to get it. I think they're going to, he's going to have, this is the game where he has the cost to turn over. Like, you know, there's the arguments about Jimmy G holding the bag, blah, blah, blah. This is the game where he's going to be the reason why they lost. So he's going to make a couple, you know, errant throws or errant mm-hmm. bad decisions to where they cost him. In. And Cam Akers will not fumble the ball. That is true. Like ball. you said, it has been rumblings of that. Uh, hopefully he don't. Yeah. Cause I was like, again, again, a little loose handed with it. Like he's been, he's been running well, but like I say, he, he almost cost them one for sure. But like you say, if it is true, you know, Jimmy G, this is the week that they that he cost them. It's all it's been rumblings even coming into the year. Obviously, they drafted trade reason. Are they gonna move off from are they gonna trade him? Is somebody gonna trade for him? It's crazy. They say all, everybody says all he does is win, 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 but then it's obviously question marks, you know, about his limitations and like you said, possibly holding teams back from, you know, a Super Bowl. So we will see. Like I say, it definitely is a big time spot for him. It's a big time spot for Matt uh Stafford. It's, it's going to be a big time game. Like I said, hopefully our predictions are right. I want to see LA and Kansas City at this point. I forgot what my predictions were at the beginning of the year. I think it was Green Bay and Kansas City. But like I said, just hopefully we're in for two, two more good games, two more uh, you know good conference championships, and then hopefully a good Super Bowl as well. But that pretty much does it for today. Um, I don't know if there is anything that's been grinding your gears this week. Um, but like I said, this is one of the ways one of the new ways that we're going to end off the show. So um, anything that's been grinding your gears this week, Dad? Just for this week, all right, you know, we, we had a great we had a great game, great Sunday. Both games really had everybody, you know, on their feet. Like just – I treated the game kind of like it was my team playing. Like I was a little – I wasn't nervous, but I was just antsy, like just to see the outcome and all that. Mm-hmm. But um, what ground my gears this week was, you know, we had a great game. Everybody's talking about the game on Twitter. And then people get to complaining about the, you know, the overtime rules and stuff. And then I know, you know, you want to see a great product, a great, a great finish to the game, two high uh, flying offenses going at it. But at the end of the day, you got to realize that this is football and, you know, you play defense and people always say the great coaches and coaches we had say defense wins championships. Why are you complaining about the overtime rules? I just don't, get people complaining about the overtime rules in that situation. You know, you had the number one defense all year. You showed up time and time again. And in the most clutch situation, you did it, whether it's coaching mixed with players, not being in the right spot and just not making great decisions, but it is what it is. You can't complain. You, you had a chance to host the AFC championship game and you folded, you know, think about this 13 seconds left. If you're a Falcons fan, y'all have the number one defense in the league, 13 seconds left. And the team has to go 45 yards a tire. You're like, Oh yeah, we got this. We go into the, uh, NFC Championship or the bowl, and you fold. So people just complain. And then the fact that they let them go 75 yards uh, <laughs> with no ease, like no resistance in overtime, it is what it is. People need to stop complaining. Defense wins championships, and your defense, the best defense in the league, didn't show up. So I just think people need to stop crying, and, and uh, uh, the Bills should have played some defense. You know, they I, I felt for him. I especially felt for Josh Allen as a quarterback. Like, the way he played and for his defense to let him down when they've helped him out all season, it sucks. But People need to stop crying about the overtime rules. 
I like them. Like, I hated the rule where you could just kick a field goal and the game would be over. Like, I thought that was pretty lame. But yeah, that one did suck. But yeah, giving both teams an opportunity to touch the ball. If you're def- all you had to do was hold them to a field goal, not a touchdown. You can let them go 74 yards. But if you don't let them get in the end zone, Josh Allen touches the ball again. And this is not OT like the regular season. They're going to play until they determine the winner. So, you know, for them to complain about that, I just thought it was kind of weak. I understood because I wanted the game to keep going on, but you got to play defense. That was a little longer than it was expected. Yeah. I expected it to be, but yeah, you just got to play defense. Defense wins championship. <laughs> and you got the best defense nah. in the league. So you nah, got you're right on that. That's facts. But yeah, that's all I got. Nah. That's facts. Like you said, uh, it, it definitely was a big complaint. Big complaint. Like you, you've seen complaints from everybody. Like, obviously, just regular people. You've seen it from sports, sports center hosts and, and show hosts and Fox Sports. Like you didn't see it. You've seen it from everybody. And that's. That's definitely a big point. Like you said, I, that's the biggest change that I, I like and that it makes me fine with it. Like, yeah, obviously, like you said, you want to kind of see, you know, go back and forth. Like, it can't be like college rules. Like, it can't be, you know, line up on the 25 and, and everybody keep going or whatever. I know they even changed overtime rules this past year. You know, if you just held him to a field goal, like you say, he gets the ball back and they possibly go down and score. And like the way they was straightening up the Chiefs defense, you know, it was a possibility that Josh Allen would have went down and score if you just keep the Chiefs out of, uh, out of the end zone. Uh, so I definitely agree with that. It's definitely facts. But what grinds my gears this weekend, it actually just happened yesterday, is Sean Payton. He grinds my gears. Like, to me, I don't know what it is. It just feels like one of those, like, it feels like one of those, uh, urban, like, not really like Urban Meyer, because Urban Meyer just really, he was, he was bugging this year and just in general. But it, it feels like that when Urban Meyer left Florida type situation, he just felt like it was a lot. Like, for him, I know it's like, all right, you know, Drew just retired. Michael Thomas didn't play all year. You know, you got a, you got a decent group, but it's like you just don't really have the answers. You gave uh, um, Taysom Hill all that money. You know, obviously we don't know if they're going to bring back uh, J-Bo or not. It's just like a bunch I feel like that's going on. He just don't want to deal with it, and that's why he stepped away. Like, I don't – like, you got it. Somebody's going to have to come with the answer for me because I don't know – I don't really know or get the reason why specifically he's stepping away. Like besides just waiting a year out and then hoping for a better opportunity next year, kind of just waiting to see kind of the scope, see what teams hit him up and then go somewhere else. Even Mo said it last night. He was like, we might wait a year, 365 days. And, you know, Sean Payton may come over to Cowboy Nation and figure everything out. Like, so y'all gonna have to tell me, because I just feel like it's just, it's giving me those Urban Meyer leaving Florida type vibes, excuses like, oh, I got to a heart attack, whatever the case may be. Like, I got health problems I got to worry about. And then a year later, ended up Ohio State and then bringing them stuff. Like, it's just something that's going on. He just don't want to deal with the turnover that's happening in New Orleans. And he just don't, you know, not deal with it. Like I said, they gave money to people that they shouldn't have probably gave money to. They've been in cap hell. Uh, they don't have a franchise quarterback right now. It just doesn't look like it's the greatest times to be in New Orleans State. And that's why I'm thinking somebody can prove me wrong, though. But I think that's. Nah, bro, you're not. You're not crazy. I want to give them the I want to give them the benefit out of the doubt, but coaches they're regular humans like us. Like I don't know what analogy I could give, but like you know, in high school, say you're like a four star, five star, the best player on the team, and you're like a junior or sophomore, and that senior class mm-hmm. is really, really good. But once they all leave, like you you looking at the team next year, like yo, we're finna go, we're about to go two and eight, one and nine. Like I need to go ahead and mm-hmm. transfer. <laughs> Sean Payton's a year ahead of the curve. They're they're seventy four million, seventy two million ca- over the cap. Jameis is my guy, but he's not mm-hmm. like a – he's not all – we're set for the next 10 years with him as quarterback. And then you got an agent roster in a lot of spots. So, I get it, man. He got to do what he, he got to do to save his legacy. You know, he got that one ring. He's with Drew, but Drew's gone. He's a good coach. I still think he's a really good coach, but he's like, man, I don't 
they're not about to have me out here looking like a scrub. People blaming me, you know, for what's going on uh, in the Saints mm-hmm. franchise. So he got up out of it. I'm kind of with you, though. I don't know. He, he's a fin- he's a finesser. So he probably is like, let me go ahead and get up out of here. Save, save yeah. face. And, yeah, you're, you're not wrong for thinking the way you're thinking, though. A lot of coaches do that. When Urban, every time he stepped down for health reasons, I believe, you know, he had – some stuff going on, but he could have figured it out still while Coach Gator. So you're not wrong, bro. Yeah. But you should be happy he left y'all, you know. The NFC South yeah. is looking like, very winnable. If, if Brady leaves too, the NFC South is looking very winnable. I mean, that is true. That is true. I mean, we got one game off of him this year. Like, I like him being there and not me, like, yeah, he has had our number for everything. So I'm a little happy about it. But at the same time, it's like, it's just like, come on. You, you go on either side now to dip like when stuff getting a little tough facing a little adversity but you know i'm fine i'm fine with it as a whole but at the same time it's like it just seemed like a cop out but you know it's neither here or there in in a sense it's a win-win i just i just feel like something like you said i can understand like that that aspect of it but like you said i think it's just like it could be something but it's like something he can figure out but something he just don't want to to just step down you know it's whatever you know it's fine champagne you can go go to cowboy nation wherever you want to go next year it's good It'll be all right. Leave that city hanging. They're going to hate you forever. You know, New Orleans people would be in their feelings sometimes, too. Like, you know how they've been getting on Eli Apple since Eli, <laughs> Eli Apple then said something about them, about their, their city stink and their food trash and all of that. So, you know, they they they, they don't they not with nobody. They ain't with them, which is understandable. It's, it's with them. I think that does it for today. Um, Anything that we missed, anything we ain't hit on? Nah, bro. Great show uh, leading up to championship weekend wish my team was here but we'll be here in about two years uh looking forward to two great games again and you know coming back with a show next week recapping the games and talking about the super bowl for sure for sure like i said shout out to off the ball network and shout out to one of our sponsors built bar um forget, like i said can't forget to shout them out uh, if you go to built.com you get you'll get 10 percent off when you use all caps off the ball um like you see they have a bunch of flavors they got a mixery box they got a mix box they got coconut, they got cookies and cream, they got anything and everything you can think of. I think chocolate and peanut butter, they have any and everything you can think of. Mint chocolate chip, like try it. And say it looks good. And honestly, they say the packaging looks great, the box looks great, everything looks great, it looks tasty to me. Like I said, and it's uh healthier for you than obviously just your regular old granola bar or so definitely go to built.com. 10% off when you use all caps off the ball, off the ball. So definitely, like I said, shout out to off the ball network. Um Definitely, I'm sure we'll have some type of recap. I don't think we'll have See You Sunday this upcoming Saturday, but if we do, I'll definitely be on there. I'm sure that will make an appearance as well. Um, if not, there's some Super Bowl shows coming up this week. We'll do some props, some betting, um, obviously some recapping and you know talking the biggest storylines. Until next time, we'll see you guys. Thank you, everybody, for you know tuning in. Thank you for those that are tuning in afterwards that's listening to us on Apple, Spotify, wherever the case may be. Appreciate all the support. Appreciate all the love, and we'll be back with another episode next week. See y'all next time. Have a good one.